Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Happy New Year. Welcome to our first show of 2012. I hope you're writing the right year on your checks. Luckily, I haven't had any to write yet. Okay, let's get down to business. Yes, there is a global financial crisis. Yes, banks are in trouble. Countries are in trouble. And businesses are in trouble. In fact, many businesses are reducing staff or worse, shuttering some or all of their doors. Well, if you're out of a job... I'm going to go on record as saying you'd be out of your mind to consider starting a new business today, right? Not true, according to my first guest, Susan Wilson-Solovic, who is a small business expert and author. Susan says we are entering a new era in which the majority of Americans will either own a small business or work for one. Hmm, that's food for thought. While it may seem counterintuitive, she says, a recessionary climate can actually be an ideal time to start a business. Do you need proof? Well, let's look back in corporate history. You ever heard of Hyatt Corporation? How about Burger King? FedEx? MTV, uh uh-huh, CNN, and HP all started very small in previous down economies. And remember someone called Bill Gates, college dropout? Yeah, he started Microsoft in a sluggish economy and made just $16,000 in revenue his first year. OMG. Well, according to the SBDC, and we'll tell you who they are in a few minutes, small business is huge. In fact, this is going to blow you away. 89% of all businesses today have fewer than 20 workers. We're going to talk about that. So whether you're a big business seeking to creatively contain costs, mm, good idea, a small business in need of expert advice, or you just have the I want to be my own boss gleam in your eye, pour yourself a cup of Joe, Earl, OJ, or Dom if any's left over from the party, and join us for Food for Thought. Today's menu is Era of the Entrepreneur, Small Business as the New Economic Game Changer. A little bit of housekeeping here. Tweet your questions for our panelists to pound sign SAP Radio. Tweet your favorite coffee break beverage to SAP Radio Coffee with the pound sign in front. You can like us on our new Facebook page. We have almost a 1,000 people there already at Coffee Break with Game Changers. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it's at BizBreakRadio. So now I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I would like to introduce my first guest. I'd like to welcome Susan Solovic. She is the owner, co-founder, and CEO of It'sYourBiz.com, a video news and information site for entrepreneurs. She's also the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, It's Your Biz. Susan is a weekly small business contributor on ABC's Money Matters. She's a featured blogger on, my goodness, Susan, I don't know how you fit this all in your door, The Huffington Post, All Business, Fast Company, Constant Contact, and she's a monthly columnist on Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. She wrote The Girl's Guide to Building a Million Dollar Business. She has served on the National Women's Business Council to advise Congress, the President, and the U.S. Small Business Administration on Women Business Owners' Special Economic Issues, and she has served on the Women's Leadership Board of the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard. Susan, I can't stand it. Do you ever sleep? Do you ever rest? Welcome, Susan. <laughs> you know, Solomon. I love what I do. I tell you what. You know, I always tell people, Bonnie, that 
passion is not the singular key to success when you're building a business. You really have to have those, you know, important business fundamentals in place and, and really put in the sweat and the, the work and the, and the, uh, everything that it takes to build a successful and sustainable business. But you know what? When you work that hard, you gotta love it. And I love what I do. I love working with small businesses. I love being an entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 15 years old. I've always just had this like thing inside of me, even though I've worked in corporate America, I've always had this this desire to figure out unique and innovative ways to make money. So that just, that gets me going. That gets me motivated. Well, I can tell. And Susan, I want to tell you, I read your book, It's Your Biz, The Complete Guide to Becoming Your Own Boss. I read it cover to cover. I loved every page, every minute. And you know I read several books a week for my other radio show. And this was a pleasure because I see... I uh, just found out yesterday that... Um, we made the, when the book first came out in October, we made the New York Times bestseller list, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, all the bestseller mm. lists. But I actually made the New York Times monthly bestseller list. So it's been really out there. It's got legs. And I just think it, as your introduction says, it's really timely because so many people in today's environment are saying, you know what? I'm either sick and tired of you know, working for a company that may lay me off uh, in the next week or so because I'm just a number, and uh, or they're out, you know, tired of looking for a job, and they're saying, I'm going to become my own boss. I'm going to take control of my own destiny. So I think it just shows that it's a real timely topic. It is. And let's talk about time. Are these, this is the operative question of the day, and we'll be discussing this with our next guest as well in just a minute. Are these the best times or the worst of times to start a new business, Susan? Bottom line, yes or no? What, what are we, what are we telling people? Well, I'm going to tell people that, you know, it's always a good time to start a small business if you have the right idea. And, and so in other words, if you look at the market and you look at opportunities that are out there, and in today's environment, there are tons of opportunities out there. Um, so you, you look and identify those opportunities, and then you start a business that the market is in need of, the market is demanding, and you can build a wildly successful business. The, the companies that you mentioned earlier, Bonnie, they saw a market need. They saw a unique opportunity. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, you know, I'm not going to be a FedEx or I'm not going to be a Bill Gates. Of course not. But there are always unique and new ways to deliver a product and service to the marketplace. If you're in the venture capital hunt, the venture capitalists will look at, capitalists will look at your product or your service, your business plan, and they will say, what's the pain? So what's the missing key in the market that you're going to solve? If you can figure that out, if it's just, you know, listening to your customers and finding out if, you know, if they could ideally paint a picture of what the delivery of this product or service would look like, what's missing, what's not out there, if you can find that missing piece, then you mm-hmm. can build a successful business. Susan, who are these people? Do you know their ages? What generation they belong to? Where they're located? Are they single, married, divorced? Are they uh, ethnicity? Is there a pattern? And yeah, let's give us a little bit of demographics, please, on who these people are, the brave souls, I call them, who would venture out and say, I can solve that problem uniquely well. The world needs my idea. Just quickly, who are they? Well, you know, interestingly enough, we're seeing a big emergence in two, in opposite uh, 
extreme. So young people who are just graduating from college, they don't want to go down that same traditional career path that their parents went, that, you know, maybe they saw their parents downsized or the struggles and the stress. Um, and so now they're intrigued by this opportunity to build something on their own. So we're seeing a real emergence in that generation of people starting out and building businesses. On the other hand, we're also seeing what I call second chapter entrepreneurs. So these are people who may have had traditional careers along their way. They're in their 40s, they're in their 50s, and either they were voluntarily or involuntarily downsized from their jobs, and they're saying, you know what, now's the time. I'm going to go out there and do this business that I've always dreamed of. And a lot of people have told me, Bonnie, and I just love this, but a lot of people have said to me, you know, Susan, if I hadn't have lost my position wherever I was, whatever mm-hmm. big brand name company they worked for, I never would have done this. That was the impetus that got them to start their business. And now they're extremely happy, much happier than they were in that traditional career paradigm. And there's nothing wrong with being happy in business, Susan, is there? That's right. That's absolutely true. And I think when you're doing it for yourself, I mean, there's nothing like it. Uh, You know, even in my business, which we're still, you know, it's small. We have fewer than 20 employees, just like the company that that you were talking about. But, um, you know, there's still, even with our team, it's very entrepreneurial. Everybody gets to do a lot of things. They get a lot of experience. And so that's why in in this new economy, if you're not starting your own business, chances are you're going to be working for a small business. And the experience and the opportunities to really, you know, test your wings and to get to do a variety of of different things, it's just incredible. I mean, it really is, um, there, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like having that sense of accomplishment and seeing something that you've planted, this little seed that you've planted, grow up to be something that is really substantive. And, you know, what I say, Bonnie, is to people who are starting businesses today, you know, you really have to think about where you want to go with your business because there's a huge difference between creating a job for yourself, which is an income stream, and technically you're not a W-2 employee, so yes, you're in your own business, but there's a big difference between that and building a successful, sustainable business. And a business is something that is bigger than you. It, it can operate without you and your day-to-day involvement. So you can go mm-hmm. on vacation or you can retire or you can sell it or pass it on to your employees. It has value without you there. And that's how we can start putting America back to work is if people understand the difference between creating that job and creating a business. Thank you, Susan. And I want to bring on somebody who's working in the trenches every day with these small businesses. I'm going to introduce our next guest just before the break. His name is C.E.T. That's a lot of initials. T.E.E. Rowe. He's president and CEO of the Association of Small Business Development Centers. It's a nationwide network of over a 1,000 centers that provide, here's a good word, free confidential counseling and low-cost training to small business owners. Uh, Mr. Rowe has a long history, I'm calling him T. T has a long history of legislative and advocacy experience on behalf of the small business community. Previously, he served as Associate Administrator for Congressional and Legislative Affairs for the U.S. Small Business Administration. He was Assistant Administrator for Conve- Congressional Affairs and Assistant General Counsel for Legislation and Regulation at the SBA and on and on and he was responsible for drafting most of the major small business legislation passed by U.S. Congress. T. Rowe, welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. How are you? Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning, Susan. How are you all doing? 
We're good. We're good. Now, I have it here on you sent me a presentation from your organization, SBDC, and you said right. that your clients have created over 57,000 jobs and saved more than 63,000 jobs. Give me a 30-second recap of how this happened, and then we'll lead off with that after the break. Go ahead, T. Well, the biggest thing that our folks do, we've got over 4,500 uh counselors and business advisors across the country, the biggest thing we do is help people put fresh eyes and break that negative feedback loop and really get an idea of what's going on in your business and how to how to energize it and build your growth. And the, the big thing we measure our success on is how our clients are doing in job creation and sales creation. And, and it, this it, is everything but from finance to education and innovation. Well, it sounds like a great idea. sounds like you're very successful at what you do, T. When I come back, we're going to have a surprise guest. We're going to meet Paul Lippens. may not be a household name, but he's the controller of a very successful one-time small business called Maui Gym. And when I told that to one of my colleagues at SAP, he said, I wear Maui Gym sunglasses. <laughs> They're the best. So we're going to be talking to Paul Lippens about the history of how a little tiny company that started selling sunglasses on the beaches of Maui. Oh, I can picture it now. It's so cold here in New York today. And how they just came out of nowhere, came out of bankruptcy, were bought by somebody with a big idea, and now they are, my goodness, they are huge. They're the fastest-growing polarized sunglass maker in the world. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're here for our first show of 2012. We're going to take a break, but don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, whatever you're listening to us on. We'll be right back. Justin, take us away way. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more not just in it for profit but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways listen for be more achieve more inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host chris cooper you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance these people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more be more achieve more can be heard live fridays at 8 a.m u.s pacific time on the voice america business channel no family can survive on two incomes anymore, let alone one. If you are supplementing your family's income working from home, then tune into The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio. Host Deb Bixler brings you sales tips, lead generation systems, and best business practices that guarantee direct sales success. Whether you're looking for a little extra cash or a career change, The Cash Flow Show, Direct Sales Radio, will give you proven systems that will work in your home business. The Cash Flow Show. 
show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. Most important question of the day. Susan Solovic, small business expert, entrepreneur extraordinaire, and successful author. What are you drinking for your coffee break today? Oh, Bonnie, I tell you what. I'm a two-fisted caffeine junkie here. I've got coffee going (laughs) and a Diet Coke. (laughs) Oh, that is a new one for the show. And T. Rowe from the SBDC, what are you drinking, sir? Well, I'm a displaced Yankee, so interestingly (laughs) enough, I'm drinking Moxie. (laughs) Okay, and we have a couple of notes here on Twitter. People are tweeting at Pounds on SAP Radio Coffee. Jeff R. says he is having a Starbucks dark espresso roast. Kristen says her New Year's resolution doesn't allow for a coffee break, so she's sticking to water. She's getting slim and sleek for her upcoming wedding. Mazel tov, Kristen. Mark Jabatari says, well, he's just checking it out. He's not drinking anything right now. We have Wendy, the beautiful Wendy in Miami, is drinking a hot cup of, ooh, Tetley peppermint tea. Have to ask her what the weather is. Margot is drinking Doppio Americano Cubano, and Malcolm is drinking Equator Coffee the alligator French, and for me, they don't allow me to have caffeine, so I'm on a decaf Starbucks as always. So T. Rowe from SBDC, tell me a little bit about how you came to know Paul Lippens at Maui Gym, and introduce Paul for us, please. Well, Paul's the controller of Maui Gym sunglasses, and anybody who spends time on the beach probably knows Maui Gym pretty well. Uh, They've been in the business since the 80s. Started out small, selling stuff in Maui, and interestingly enough, Walt Hester, the gentleman who really founded and built Maui Gym, uh, had been an exec, big company, got tired of it, moved to Hawaii, found this little company, and started building it. Now, the interesting thing is why they decided to move their headquarters to Peoria, Illinois, and yes. that's how I came to know Maui Jim <laughs> through our Illinois folks, Mark Petrilli's the state director. Uh, and they spent, boy, they've been working with Maui Jim now for about 10 years, particularly in the international end, helping them um, build up. Now they've got 12 international offices, 700 mm-hmm. employees worldwide, and they're, boy, everywhere, Australia, Mexico, well, if it's sunny, Spain, <laughs> <laughs> you name it, United Arab Emirates, all over the world. And uh, about 35% of their gross now is international. Uh, and um, Paul, Paul and I um, only got to know each other just recently, but uh, Paul's been working with them as their control, and he can tell us a lot more about Mr. Hester and the whole idea behind Maui Jim. 
Well, I'm getting all kinds of tweets and pings here from people saying, I love Maui Jim. I love Maui Jim. So people are excited to meet you. So let's welcome Paul Lippins. Hi, Paul. Happy New Year and aloha. Aloha. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Really appreciate it. Uh, Very exciting to talk about Maui Jim and what we're doing. Go ahead, tell us. It's your platform now. All right. Uh, yeah, T, I mean, you, you hit it off exactly. Uh, Walter Hester basically was uh, working for a large company, Shell Oil, and uh, decided to, you know, change his lifestyle. Didn't really like the big corporate life. Um, a, lot of, a lot of smart people, but decided that uh, he wanted to go on his own direction and ventured out to, to Hawaii. Basically fell in love with the, the Maui Gym Glasses um, and sought out uh, the owner there and, and, and tried to be uh, basically took distribu- distribution for the Hawaiian Islands on. And um, after a number of years, the company had actually went into bankruptcy. He purchased the company out of bankruptcy mm-hmm. um, and then took the company to where it is today. Um, and he, interestingly enough, uh, most people think we're in Maui. A lot of times when I'm on the phone, people say, how is the weather? <laughs> and I say, well, we got six inches of snow, and they're confused. But <laughs> the way we basically got to Peoria, Illinois, was through RLI Insurance. They are a minority owner of Maui Gym. And our president, Mike Dalton, basically was an executive at RLI, met Walter in Hawaii, and basically earned his trust to be a distributor for the mainland. And um, from a distribution side, Peoria, Illinois, centrally located. It's a Midwest um, town, very loyal, great, great people. And um, everything from there just seemed to work out really well. I want to just give a list here, if I may, of some mm-hmm. of the awards that Maui Jim has earned. Uh, Forbes Magazine's 100 Things Worth Every Penny, that's in quotes, in 1999. The U.S. Department of Commerce's Export Achievement Certificate in 2002. Golf Digest's Best Sunglass for Golf in 2004. Advertising Age's Marketing 50 List of Biggest Success Stories in 2004. And Walter Hester was recently awarded the ESA Visionary Award by the European Sunglass Association. All kinds of accolades coming for a huge success story. Now, I'm going to ask T. Rowe, what did Walter Hester do right as a small business to grow this? And I'm also going to ask Susan to jump in here as well. Uh, What do you think is, is the... Is the formula they followed, or did they not follow a formula, but do everything right in their own way? Uh, T, you want to start this? Yeah, well, I'll start off with the the first thing I think Walter did right is he looked at he looked at his product and he knew he loved it and he knew it is a great product, and he realized even though it had gone into bankruptcy, he said this can work. Most people would look at something like sunglasses and say, oh my God, you, know, you got Ray-Ban, Barney, everybody under the sun. Why would I yeah. want to get into a saturated market? Mm-hmm. But he knew he's got a great product, a great idea, and even beyond that, he had the vision to say, we got to be beyond Hawaii. Yeah, it's you know, it's great to sell sunglasses in Hawaii, but you need to be looking beyond your hometown. Looking outside the box, if you will. I you have to have a, a bigger sometimes. vision. A big vision. You've got to have a bigger vision. But then you've got to be willing to act on that vision and seek out the help, whether it's RLI or then later the the small business development center there in Illinois. And say I got to go and build those alliances and and get that help. 
Susan, what do you think? What's your, in your vast expertise working with small businesses and being a small business owner, a successful one many times, uh, what do you think they did right and what are they doing right? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, you have to look at, uh, one of the things I always say, Bonnie, is me too businesses, follow the leader businesses, never become great businesses. So clearly, you know, you could look at a business like that and, and as T said, you know, it's a saturated market. Oh, okay, ho-hum, more, um, more sunglasses. Who needs more another sunglass product? But, you know, the key here is they've built a, a brand that people have really resonated with. So they've been able to capture the hearts of the marketplace. And if you look at what Apple computers did, and I, and I, I think this is a great story because one of the things that I find a lot of small businesses do is they undervalue themselves, they don't charge what they should be charging, and then they get themselves into financial problems. But if you look at Apple computers, okay, there are a lot of computers out there, there are a lot of competitors, but mm-hmm. in the height of the recession, you could walk into an Apple computer store in a, in a shopping mall, and the rest of the mall could be dead, but the yes. Apple computer store would be packed. And people were buying. They were not just buying little trinkets. They were buying armloads of products. These were not the least expensive computers, but they were buying the brand. They were buying the sizzle. They were fans of this brand. And, I, you know, I think that's what we need to think about. How do you get your customers to fall in love with your brand? And that's how you make a difference in the marketplace. And, you know, Steve Jobs did a great job of that. He, he knew how to deliver the right product at a right price, at the right time, and he gave his marketplace something they wanted. He listened to them, and you know it's a huge success story, obviously. Well, there's something we haven't mentioned, I don't think we have, about Maui Jim, is that their goal was not only to cut the raging glare of the Hawaii sands for anybody who is a beachgoer, but they also wanted to preserve the beauty of the colors of the beach and the surroundings. So that was where they came up with their polarized plus after many, many years of research and development and made it into a reality. So I have a quote here from the, the company bio is glare is wiped out and colors are stoked. I absolutely love that. And I understand, uh, Paul, that you've added some new, was this three rare earth elements to naturally enhance colors. So you took something, as everybody said, who needs more sunglasses? Yikes. But you made it special for that environment. And I've just heard from Malcolm, my colleague at SAP, and he says they have models with high quality gas which as a trained photographer, he prefers. So as a photographer, I don't know if Malcolm's ever been to Hawaii or not, he's wearing them because they solve that need as well. So you solved a special need uniquely well. What is new in R&D at Maui Gym? Uh, Paul, we have one minute before break, but anything new on the plate coming up for this year? Um, I mean, we we are always looking for the cutting edge, um, like you guys have mentioned, I mean, the company focuses number one on you know having the best technology out there. Um, we have a new lens that should be launching this year, um, and and that'll be exciting for us. I think it's it's going to be the the best optics of what glass can offer and kind of the scratch resistance, um, and then also the uh, protection and lightweight of a polycarbonate. But for for us, what we focus on is technology, and then what we really focus on more is what we what you were alluding to before on how did Maui Gym get to where we are. It's all about employees first, and then customers and your suppliers. And it's basically the Aloha spirit. It's treating everybody how you want to be treated. 
making sure that everybody knows employees are the number one asset of the company and you know what makes us different because everybody has great sunglasses well there's a few companies that have great sunglasses but what makes <laughs> Maui Gym special is is the people and, and the service the, the level of service that we provide our customers so. we're going to be talking about that thank you Paul talking about that a lot more when we come back in our next round table segment after the break I'm Bonnie D. Graham you're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP with my special guests Susan Solovic T. Rowe and Paul Lippens we'll be right back From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com what does a visual workplace mean to you how does it contribute to operational excellence and what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place listen to the visual workplace work that makes sense to find out Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. And the special meal on our menu today, Coffee Break with Game Changers, is Era of the Entrepreneur, Small Business as Economic Game Changer. My special guests today are Susan Solovic, 
from Susan Solovic, Everything and It's Your Biz, a, a ragingly popular business book that anybody contemplating a new business has to have. It's the Bible, I'm telling you. It's the Bible for new business startups and thinkers and dreamers and gleamers. And we have T. Rowe from the SBDC, and we have Paul Lippins, the controller of Maui Gym. I'm getting so many tweets about people who love Maui Gym. So, Susan, let's kick off this roundtable segment, please, with some words to the wise from your experience, your vast experience on what should people be thinking about if they're serious about starting a business? And then we'll weave that in with the SBDC training. So, Susan, go ahead. Well, you know, the first thing, Bonnie, that people need to think about when they're starting a business is, is this really a viable, viable business? Can I make money? Um, and I really find this is true with a lot of women that I talk to. I used to teach an entrepreneurial course at a college uh, for women entrepreneurs. And I would go around the room and I would ask people why they wanted to go in their own business. And rarely would anyone say, I want to go into business to make money. And if you're not going to go into your business to make money, then you need to go volunteer somewhere because you're going to work harder and longer than you have ever worked in your entire life. So, you know, before you even get started, you need to do a little market research. Number one, you might think you have a great idea for a business and you can get all excited about it and maybe your friends and family will go, yeah, 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 Bonnie, that's really a good idea. And then they walk away and say, oh, man, this is never going to work. You've got to oh, figure yeah. out, is there really a market that is interested in your product or service? Now, number two is, can you charge enough for that product or service that you can really make money? And, you know, so, I, I, for example, let's say that you're great at baking cakes and decorating them. And so you decide that you want to go into a business decorating and baking cakes out of your home. You know, how many, how many hours, not just what are your hard costs, how many hours and time is it going to take you to do each one of those cakes individually? And then can you charge enough in your environment that people will really pay you what it's going to make it worthwhile that you can start making money at this business? Now, that's very elementary, but those are some of the key fundamentals. If you get started and then you get down the road and you go, whoops, wait a minute, I can't charge enough to even make, you know, a nickel or a dime here and there, you haven't created a good, viable business opportunity. Susan, I've heard it said that a lot of people starting out undercharge for their service, and that makes them look like amateurs. But when they take pride and they say, I have a great idea, I have an excellent product, it is valuable, it's worth your time and money to look at my product and raise their prices, they get more respect. Do you find that's true? It's absolutely true. You know, if you can define your value proposition, if you know what Mm -hmm. it is that you're delivering and you know what that is worth to the marketplace, you should be able to charge what that's worth. And, you know, yet so many people, like you said, they get nervous because obviously, you know, when you start out, you're not making a lot of money. So they want to go out and they want to make that sale. And they want to, so they lower their price and they lower their price. And if you find yourself constantly competing on price, First of all, you're never going to win because there's somebody out there bigger than you who can sustain that kind of lower mm-hmm. pricing and that, that, that cash flow uh, um, a lot longer than you can. But you're not, never going to be anything more than a commodity. But if you understand your value and you can articulate that value, people will pay for it, just like Apple computers. They're not the cheapest computer in the market, but people will pay that price because they value what they're getting. And so I tell people when I'm out speaking you know, on the speaker circuit, I say, look, know what your price is, set your price, go out there. When somebody says, how much is this, tell them the price, 
and shut up and don't blink. <laughs> right. And, that's you know, right. that's the hardest thing to do when you're just getting started. But tell them your price. You know you're worth it. You've defined your value proposition. So state your price. Shut up and don't blink. <laughs> and shut up is probably the key word in there. Now, T. Rowe from the SBDC, I noticed that you are holding 32,000 classes a year covering business skills and management marketing basic business running skills and technology and you are training every year this is astonishing 380,000 small business owners or employees so what are the key things you and your colleagues are teaching at the SBDC T. Rowe? Well it goes back to what Susan said it you know it's great to have the right idea but you have to have a lot of the basics and we spend an inordinate amount of time helping people with those basics the basics of accounting, the basics of getting into exports and how to deal with export regulations, uh, financial management and accounts receivable, uh, the, in, the entire spectrum. And if we're not just training you in it may be something as simple as how to use QuickBooks to, to use your inventory better, and I'm throwing a shout-out to one of our, our great supporters into it, um, it's how are you thinking about your business? And that goes to the other side of the equation in an SBDC, and that's the one-on-one consulting. The, the face time that our people spend with their small business clients, and our, our folks, our business advisors and consultants, are usually serial entrepreneurs like Susan, or there may be former financial experts, bankers, etc., who've decided all right, enough of that. I'm, I'm going to help people learn to speak banker and learn to get the capital they need. Uh, and, again, we're at the B-school level, too. A lot, of our, a lot of our SPDCs are located at business schools, for example, in Pennsylvania, at Temple, and at, um, oh, Lord, it went right out at the Wharton School. <laughs> okay. Um, and we're talking about bringing high-level education and skills to the small business owner because it shouldn't just be IBM that has the MBA and the consultant they can access. It should be the small business owner. So that's where we've been thinking for 30 years. And now it's technology and innovation where we're working with the, the government, whether it's NIH or any of the other agencies with huge uh, R&D budgets to get R&D funding for small businesses through the innovation and research program and get those fresh ideas funded and out into the marketplace. Well, I want to ask Paul Lippens, the controller at Maui Gym, what lessons did you learn as part of SBDC? What did you take away and, and what would you advise to somebody who has that gleam in their eye that they have that next great idea, Paul? Well, I think overall, I mean, the comments have been right on point. Um, Susan, I can echo, you know, what she had mentioned about basically starting a business, building a brand. And, you know, we live it here at Maui Gym. I mean, we, like Apple Computer, we have a premium product and mm-hmm. we charge 150 to 350 retail for our sunglasses. So why would anybody in the world pay that much for sunglasses? Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have a great product. We have the best lens technology out there. But one thing that we do offer is we know who we are. We know where we stand in the market. We stand behind our product. 
if you break your glasses, you send them in, you get them back in three days. Ooh. $60 for the lenses. It's, you buy, if you're one of our accounts and you sell our glasses, we're easy to do business with. There's no minimum orders. Send product back if it's not selling. We're just, we just know how to, to do business with people and, and we keep it simple. We just stick to the basics and we stick behind what we're after. Bigger is not always better. Walter has taught us that. Um, growth, you can market, you can advertise, you can grow too fast, but I think here at Maui Gym, we've taken kind of the slower trend. And over time, it's it's built a brand that's based on more of a cult following and people mm-hmm. that, that love the company and what we stand for. So. Now, I want to shift gears here a little bit with my three wonderful panelists to the question of how can a large enterprise, we call them LEs sometimes, big business, how can they help to sustain themselves in this time of struggle with taking opportunities for working with small business owners, meaning outsourcing, meaning Hiring independent people as contractors, bringing them in and using their special services and skills. So feeding that value chain back and forth from big biz to small biz and back to infuse special skills at a lower cost to big biz. Susan, you want to take a shot at at, uh, at this part of the business paradigm today is what is the role of big business in supporting small business? Well, you know, it's really interesting. Um, I think a lot of big businesses today, not just outsizing, outsourcing because they've downsized, but a lot of big businesses understand that the bureaucracy chain in their organizations moves very slowly. So getting a new idea, uh, you know, from that idea stage to bubble up and, you know, get through all of the compliance and everything illegal and everything else they have to go through takes a very, very long time. So often mm-hmm. they partner with smaller organizations that are nimble and flexible and able to turn on a dime to really take these new ideas or to bring or the new or the company a small company brings an innovative idea to a big company uh, to help it get to the next level. So there is this synergistic uh, opportunity between the big companies and the smaller companies. Um, I actually uh, we often go to the uh, a show out in Las Vegas called SEMA. It's Specialty Equipment Marketers Association. Mm-hmm. It is now the largest trade show in Vegas. And what it is, it's everything aftermarket for all, for cars, so or anything with wheels on it. Um, and Bonnie, I have to tell you, there's more testosterone running around in that place than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I found fascinating was Ford had a big display, and they had a, a real like a test car or innovative car there. And I was talking to the man who had actually designed the car and was working with Ford. He has a small company. Ford was partnering with this small company to do this new, you know, really amazing car um, and test it because they know that they don't have the nimbleness, the flexibility mm-hmm. within their major organization to really, you know, to, to do that kind of innovation. And if you look at the research, uh, the majority of patents and, and uh, things like that, uh, intellectual property, it all comes from small, innovative businesses. Thank you, Susan. And we're going to take a breath. We're going to take a break. We're going to take our final break here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back with our crystal ball segment. I'll be speaking with Susan Solovic and T. Rowe and Paul Lippens, asking them to look ahead to 2017. Yeah, we're just at the 
very, very tip of 2012. So we have a full five years look ahead. And tell me what they predict companies will look like across the board, how small businesses will fit into the landscape globally, locally, however, in the next five years. What will the small business picture look like and what will the big business picture look like? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network being here with ariel and shia kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment this show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment don't miss being here tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific 12 noon eastern with ariel and shia kane right here on the seventh wave network the time for enterprise mobility is now according to idc by 2013 over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology comprising 34.9 percent of the workforce the impact of mobility on business is clear increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision making in real time no matter where they are sap and sybase and sap company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to sap systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And it's time for our crystal ball segment. We'll start off with ladies first, Susan Solovic. What do you see coming down the pike in It's Your Biz Land, which you have created so successfully, and I'm sure so many people are grateful to you. Love the book, by the way. Even if you're not planning to start a business, you might want to read Susan's book just to see what would be involved if you ever get that gleam. So, Susan, it's now 2012, 2017, five years ahead. What do you think it will all look like to us? Well, you know what? For me, personally, I, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my book is whenever you start a business, you ought to think about your exit strategy from the very mm-hmm. beginning. And one of my exit strategies was to sell the company uh, to another, uh, to a larger entity down the road. And I, for me personally, I think that's going to happen. And I'm, I'm very excited about that because it'll give me more time to write books and do the things that I really personally enjoy doing uh, and not being so bogged down in the operations of the business. So I'm looking forward to that. But I do think that uh, what, from an economic standpoint, that this recession has not been just a, a, a cyclical recession. I think that it has been a paradigm shift in our economy. And I really, truly believe, as you said in your opening, Bonnie, that the majority of people 
uh, going forward are going to be working either for a small business or they're going to be in business for themselves. And I don't think that we're ever going to see the big corporate conglomerates, the you know, the big elephants that we have once seen because I don't really think that the jobs will ever come back to these pre-recession mm-hmm. levels that we really have entered a new business paradigm. So that's kind of what I see down the road. Susan, quick question for you before we move to T. Rose predictions. When somebody sees the writing on the wall, when that pink slip that I don't even know if people call it that anymore, but that <laughs> the rumors of your business unit is going to close or we're closing this floor of the building because we don't need that many people sitting in that many cubicles and that many chairs, blah, blah, blah. When that happens, is that the time for somebody to go home and think, wow, I have this idea I've been wanting to do for years. Let me start networking while I'm still employed and see if there's a need. Is that a good time to talk about your business or should you play it closer oh, to the best? Absolutely. You know, I, I actually wrote a book in 2003 uh, called Reinvent Your Career. And I wrote that book because if you remember in 2003, there was a rash of downsizing, nothing like we've seen recently. Mm-hmm. But I saw a lot of my friends who were totally blindsided by the fact that their job was eliminated and it, they were lost. They didn't know what to do. And, you know, I, I, so I wrote in the book, like, don't bury your head in the sand. I mean, you can read the news. You can watch what's happening in your companies. It shouldn't blindside you. And so, yes, you need to be networking within your industry, outside your industry. You also might even consider starting what I call a sidecar business. Start something that you might be able to do uh, should you get that pink slip down the road uh, and test the waters. Do you like it? Is it mm-hmm. going to work? Is there a viable market for it? Obviously not something that's going to compete with your current employer, but something that you can, you know, get started. And who knows, even before you get that pink slip, that business could take off and you could, you know, hit that pivotal fork in the road and say, you know what, I'm going to leave on my own because this business is going to take off. Great advice. Thank you. And now let's turn to T. Rowe, President and CEO of the Association of Small Business Development Centers, which we've been referring to as SBDC. T. Rowe, what sayest you, 2017, what will your organization look like, and who do you think will be walking in the door asking for your help? Well, we're looking forward as as as, as a, the economy has shifted, and, and I completely agree with Susan. There's a new paradigm. And part of it is everyone has seen that there's this not just local effect and and in American banking and business and finance with with the recession, but it's a global effect, and that's how we've shifted our thought that things are going to shake out, but it's all about quality and it's all about specialization and a global focus. And what's going to soften the blow, and I think more and more businesses are seeing this, our small business clients, we're trying to get them more and more involved into international marketplaces because what's going to soften the blow isn't going to be product diversity. It's going to be market diversity. It's Mm. going to be sitting there and saying, okay, there's a recession in the U.S., but I've got lots of clients in South America or Canada or China. And broadening, broadening your marketplace globally is going to do more to protect your business. And so we've, we've been focusing more and more on international trade and expanding your market opportunities that way. And I, I think that's really essentially the future for small business. And I think when we look at 
when we look out in the next five years, what mm-hmm. Susan said, there's that barbell effect. You've got the younger people coming out who are saying, I want to create my own job and create my own business. And then you have that other range, the the older and senior entrepreneurs, <laughs> is what we call them. Be careful there, T. Oh, yeah. I just turned 50. I think it's okay. We're all grown-ups here. Oh, you're still a baby. Don't worry about <laughs> so, it. So you okay, I was going to ask you about demographics. So you're seeing that, that senior effect where people say, I don't want to be phased yeah, out. I don't want to go home and play golf myself. all day. I want a business. Right. I want to protect myself. People like my father, who's still working and he's in his 70s, um, started in a started a, a trade group and is running that internationally. Um, it, Bravo. Give Dad our best wishes for Happy New Year. He should stay in business a long time. I want to turn to Paul Lippens at Maui Gym, and then we'll have maybe a minute or two to come back and finish up. Paul Lippens, what does the future hold? What is the vision? Oh, I've been dying to say that. The vision for Maui Gym coming up in the next five years. Can you look that far ahead? Um, yeah, typically we don't look that, I mean, typically we don't always look that far ahead, but I mean, we're always very excited. We're always focused on the future. Um, I think every day when we do business, we think about the long term. We never think about short term. Um, and for us in 2017, I can see us being much larger internationally than we even are today. I think uh, T. Rowe had mentioned we're 35% of our profits are international. When I started here six years ago, that was about 20%. And our success, honestly, has been still in the U.S., but very much so internationally. Um, we just opened our Hong Kong office um, out in Asia this year, and we're soon going to be open in China, Japan. And so in five years, I can see us really having a, a bigger presence in Asia and then also perhaps in Brazil, we've been looking there. Um, but outside of just expanding um, the company in size, one of the things that in 2017 that I can say is definitely going to be one thing that we'll have to get used to is the world is getting smaller every day. Um, mm-hmm. Communication is faster, social media. Um, it, all of our employees, we're very small internationally. I mean, we have 350, 400 employees in the U.S. in Hong Kong, when we open up, we'll have seven employees. Um, oh my and, goodness! And we don't, we don't, we don't have one American working in any of our international offices. So, I mean, our brand, our company, we, we rely on that international relationship. We take our culture, we we put it there. We learn from how they do business in their in their countries, and and for us to build that brand, it's it's all about being, you know, having a smaller being world, there. being able to communicate. Sure. Um, that's so a lesson learned the right there. I'm going to have to move to announcement yeah. of upcoming shows. Next week, January 11th, I'm going to be very privileged to interview the three authors of The Customer Experience Edge, a great business book. We're going to have lots of case studies and lots of name dropping. My author guests will be Reza Sudagar, Vinay Iyer, and Dr. Volker Hildebrand. The week after, another show you don't want to miss, How to Avoid Social Media Blunders. Don't don't let this happen to you. That's going to be a real listen and learn type of show. I want to do thank yous to my three very special guests, Susan Solovic. Happy New Year. All the best with It's Your Biz and whatever's on your plate. And we'll, we'll talk about another show. I'd like to do a show on small business and technology for running your infrastructure, Susan. So we'll be in touch. Great. And thank you so much to T. Rowe at the SBDC. Oh, Susan pleasure, brought. Bonnie. 
Thank you. Susan brought tea to the party, and tea brought Paul Lippens from Maui Jim to the party. And I want to say thank you to the people at SAP who helped make this show possible. Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Carolyn Brock, and Wendy and Nesbeth, among many others. Thank you so much. And Margot, can't forget you. And Kristen, thanks for your coffee. Okay, everyone, we've kicked off the new year with a great topic. Go out there and do something with your business. Take the advice we've given, find some more passion, find a way to move ahead and make this the best year ever. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll talk to you next week right here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.